We are Sugar by Half, a not-for-profit, independent organization led by a team of health experts and business professionals who also happen to be concerned parents. We are passionate about a future for Australia where people live healthier lives through the reduction of sugar-related diseases. Welcome to our podcast. Welcome to Sugar by Half. My name is Daniel Velado, and today we are joined with Lucy Hancock, CEO of Nutrition Australia. Nutrition Australia aims to inspire healthy eating through information, education, and consultation services. They work in all states and territories to influence policymakers, media, educators, food industry, companies, and consumers. Lucy, thank you for joining us today and for the work you are doing in promoting healthy eating. Thank you very much, Daniel. It's great to be with you tonight. Thank you. Can you start by telling us about your journey and how you ended up becoming the CEO of Nutrition Australia? Yeah, it's an interesting start. I think for me, I've always had a keen interest in cooking and food, um, particularly uh, my mother wasn't a, a big cook. So for me, I started cooking at quite a young age, uh, which I really enjoyed. And really the journey that I took was that I was very keen to be a chef but was actually talked out of it numerous times. So I thought, well, let's have another look and what's sort of in that sphere. And uh, nutrition and dietetics was interesting to me. So I actually did a, you know, a little bit of um, work experience with a dietitian and then thought, well, I'll um, apply to nutrition and dietetics and then I did a science degree and then my master's in nutrition and as luck has turned out um, I've been able to work in an area that I absolutely love but also I was able to marry a chef so I kind of ticked that box off as well <laughs> um, so yeah which is fantastic so what what's really exciting about my role is I actually started as a volunteer after I finished studying but then I moved into working in community health um, working in a number of roles there, but then um, kept coming back to Nutrition Australia. And I think it's just such an amazing organisation to work for that, uh, I, yeah, I just couldn't let go. And from there, I worked in various roles and sort of worked my way up. And I think I have a keen interest in business and also in philanthropy and studied a Master of Business, which is really what's led me to the role of C Nutrition Australia. So plenty of study in there. And you said that people have... Um turned you off of becoming a chef and does your husband agree with that or, or not oh absolutely and he's no longer a chef he used to work for Gordon Ramsay um, in the UK and he was sponsored to come over to Australia to work um, for Shannon Bennett at Vudamon so he sort of worked in that really high pressure environment and uh, so much so we have obviously three children now and it's just um, not really um yeah, conducive to having a family or a life of any sort. So I'm actually really glad that I took on board that feedback and also glad that now my husband uh, works in a nine-to-five job more or less and can actually cook for me. <laughs> <laughs> yep, definitely well played there and, you know, home for the kids is always going to be better. So Nutrition Australia aimed to inspire and empower healthy eating for all Australians. How do you do this and what programs have you currently got in place? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, Nutrition Australia is a federated model. 
um, which is interesting because we have um, offices in most states and territories. However, um, we do sort of actually operate as our own individual businesses. But what we do do is work very collaboratively to develop health eating services and programs across the country. And we have our own, in a way, our own specialties where, you know, our Queensland division does a lot of work within aged care. And in Victoria here, we do a lot of work in early years and um, uh, and, and schools and with other um areas such as workplaces and also sport and recreation. So really we're able to sort of leverage off our strengths as an organisation to implement healthy eating programs across, across the country. Um, and I might just jump into some of the programs. So some of the programs we do are national in focus uh, and also some of them are very state specific depending on how our funding operates. So, for example, with our national funded programs, we have our Try for Five campaign, which is an annual awareness campaign, and that focuses on increasing veg consumption. And it's been the same for the last few years. But this year, obviously, having a real COVID twist, we've been able to ensure that what we've been able to provide um, lends itself to everybody cooking at home, but also enables people to cook budget-friendly meals uh, which is really important, and to inspire them. So we've used a lot of uh, influencers in order to get that message out, and that's been a fantastic um, opportunity for us this year, and we've had, yeah, really great awareness of the campaign. We've also done the Healthy Lunchbox campaign, which we do every year, so back to school for parents. Always a challenge uh, for any parent trying to put food in their kids' lunchbox, but also something that's healthy, um, that focuses on all the food groups, but also actually comes back consumed. Um, and as a mother of three, I mean, I've got one in daycare, two in school, but uh, it's always a challenge. Uh, can never really seem to get it right. But, um, you know, us as parents are role models, so I think that's really important. So that's a fantastic campaign, which is run out of our, out of our ACT division. Um, with COVID as well, we had the opportunity to work with Vic Health. And also um, born out of a, a group called the Food Systems Food Security Group. So we developed up a website with recipes and tools and videos on a program called Cook Well, Eat Well. And that was really to work with supporting uh, food relief agencies to ensure that uh, we could prepare food that was available for those who really need it. And we know that there were so many people who, as an outcome of COVID, have become um, you know, unemployed and have never experienced that before and, have, you know, don't feel embarrassed and don't know where to go. So we were really able to, you know, develop up very, you know, salt-of-the-earth kind of um, uh, recipes that could really demonstrate how you could cook five ways with rice, five ways with eggs, and really, you know, tapping into what you've got at home but also providing um, really well-balanced and healthy recipes. And also sort of we were able to incorporate healthy eating tips and, and also tips to engage the family and the kids because I think the one thing that the great opportunity with COVID is that we have been at home, so we've been able to cook more and also engage our children. So that was one thing we really focused on with that campaign. Uh, we also do a lot of online digital nutrition content for workplaces and we did that. I mean, we were always were doing a little bit of digital, but I think specifically with COVID, um, we had to change everything to be online. So we have really tapped into how we can 
deliver digital nutrition content for workplaces uh, to ensure um, that, you know, the staff within well and workplaces remain healthy and also, you know, their mental health is okay. So there's a whole lot of factors that come into play, which we've been able to support the working environment. Um, gosh, there's a lot that I can go on about. <laughs> uh, we also run a number of uh, projects um, to support the early years sector. So specifically, we work with CSIRO and Flinders University to roll out a program called VegKit. And that's a five-year project, which is funded from Hort Innovation. And that's essentially developing up tools and interventions to increase uh, consumption of vegetables in children. And that's a real priority area for us because we know that vegetables are the most under-consumed food group. So it really is a no-brainer that, you know, that's the area that we should be focusing on. And so with that uh, program, we've been able to develop up a whole lot of resources that everyone from early childhood sectors to research to teachers, educators in that setting for OSH as well, all can utilise and incorporate um, tips and tricks on how to increase vegetable consumption. Um, we also have a project which is a national project called the Fruit and Veg Consortium. And that is a really interesting project that is uh, a, collab a true collaboration across sectors in order to develop up a behaviour change campaign to increase, increase veg consumption as a primary focus. Um, and really what we're focusing on there is developing up a business case where we can present to government and in a way advocate to ensure that we can develop up a campaign that will be able to um, enable an increase in veg consumption, but is supported by all the initiatives that are all across the world. Oh, sorry, all across Australia. And what's really important about that is that um, there's so many incredible initiatives that are already happening throughout Australia. And what we need to do is tap into those and to sort of bring that up in a way so that we can roll out a national behaviour change campaign that will actually have impact and improve the vegetable consumption of the Australian population. So that's a real key focus for us. Um, and then probably just a lasting note before we sort of move on to talking about HESA, I suppose, is the um, work that we do in aged care. And we also you know, have, we have aged care services, which are predominantly out of our Queensland division, but also um, we deliver projects that support a food first approach. And what I mean by that is really looking at what's happening in the aged care sector as a whole at the moment, particularly in um you know, um, aged care facilities and ensuring that the food that's provided is good quality food that is based on food, not just, you know, um, a food that is sort of then fortified with nutrients because really we shouldn't be tapping into nutrient, um, sorry, sorry, we shouldn't be tapping into, um, you know, pharmaceuticals or anything else if we don't have to. So it's having that food-first approach and also making the meal really delicious, not something that's, you know, pu um, pureed food on a plate, <laughs> for example. So, yeah, so I think that just kind of demonstrates the sort of the scope of the work that we do. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm really proud to just be a big part of that. Definitely had a lot of programs on board and they all found, sound excellent. I do love how you mentioned there the food first approach. And, you know, as you said, instead of having the supplements and 
all the minerals being pumped into them. You know, if we just have a food first approach, we should be able to have enough within our, our bodies. Just that try for five. I love that campaign that you have done. I could be wrong here, but is it is it correct in saying that 99% of children and 96% of adults don't consume the, the recommended five vegetables per day? Is that an accurate stat? Uh, yeah, you're pretty close to that. I think I've just got to drop down just to confirm exactly what it is. But, um, yeah, you, you're pretty much on cue. I think it's about 4% for children and uh, a little bit higher for adults. Um, but, you know, so it's sort of 1 in 10 uh, Australian adults meet the recommended daily vegetable intake and about a third of that um, intake is from unhealthy foods. So, uh, yeah, for us, I think you know, I'm collaborating with a whole lot of other organisations. If we're going to have any impact, we need to focus on increasing veg consumption. And I think um, more to that, though, is not just the benefit to health, it's also benefit to the Australian economy because that has a flow-on effect to reduce the, the burden of overweight and obesity in children and adults. Um, and also it, it supports the Australian growers to ensure that, you know, we can, you know, keep supporting them and uh, obviously, yeah, support their industry to, th to thrive as well. So, yeah, there's a number of positive impacts as to why we would want to focus on that area. So how can people get involved in these programs? Oh, great question. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we, we obviously have a team of nutritionists and dietitians and other um, professionals at Nutrition Australia. We do have um, alliances with uh, Flinders University and Deakin University, so we take on tertiary student placements. But we also have a really, really um, thriving sort of volunteer program as well. Unfortunately, during COVID, though, we did put that on hold. Um, it just we just needed to um, obviously focus on what was in our control. Um, but now that we're coming out of it, particularly being based in Melbourne, we're able to revisit all of that. And I think one key thing is if you are interested in being involved, um, we you know really um, are thrilled to have anyone sort of extend their interest. And there's an opportunity just to email us at vic at nutritionaustralia.org or even just jump onto the website and all the different states and um, of Nutrition Australia have opportunities to volunteer. I think another thing is that, you know, if there are people uh, listening who are um, working workplaces or any other environment and wish to engage with our services, we you know, love collaborating. And rather than reinventing the wheel, very, very keen to collaborate with anyone who's interested in anything of what I've discussed tonight or yeah, or how we could collaborate on future projects. Excellent. So plenty of opportunities there for people to get involved and just head to the mm -hmm. Nutrition Australia website yep. for further information. The Healthy Eating Advisory Service is a great project with the aim of promoting healthy eating with various organisations. Can you share some examples of the work you have done with this? Yes, so HES has been, the Healthy Eating Advisory Service, sorry, I refer to it as HES, that's been... Um, funded by the Victorian State Government since 2012 and we've just received further funding for another three and a half years. So this program really is embedded in, in Victoria and there are similar programs which do operate in our other states 
but um, I suppose I'd really like to talk about the Health Eating Advisory Service as it is kind of the pioneering service in our country for, um, yeah, for the, the spectrum of the services that it supports. And so what it does, the Health Eating Advisory Service actually provides a free online training modules for schools, childcare services, workplaces, and a really good starting point to understand government guidelines and how to make changes. Uh, we know that you know all states of Australia, unfortunately, have different guidelines and policies across uh, schools, childcare, and workplaces. And there's actually 21 different guidelines and policies. So it's really challenging to kind of navigate that area. So what we've been able to do is provide a, a really good support mechanism to enable, you know, as I said, schools, childcare services, workplaces, sport and rec hospitals to access our services, to understand how to um, get support to change their menus to make sure that they're compliant with the guidelines. We also have a, a training module which is targeted to health professionals and you can also contact the Healthy Advisory Service at any time to get support. I've seen you, you put a few things on your social media regarding like trying to clean up um, some vending machines at universities, um, which have been great. So, you know, what well on the work with that. Next question might be a, a bit difficult with those 21 different laws <laughs> um, across all the different states, but school canteens are an area that require attention. What are the current laws? around school canteens and what strategies do you have to help schools clean up their canteens and provide healthier options for kids? Yeah, so as I said before, all states have uh, school policies and guidelines. So in Victoria, the Victorian government has a policy that recommends that schools have a canteen that provides and promotes healthier foods and drinks. Many schools promote healthy eating in the curriculum um, and what I feel is that this should be reflected in the school canteen with, with delicious and healthy options. And I think if a school wants to change their canteen, the best way is to use uh, the whole of school approach. Um, and essentially that's taking the approach where there's leadership, the school community includes the students, the canteen staff, and they all work towards making a change uh, to improve the success of implementing healthy eating. Um, and essentially the key elements to success here are to develop up a canteen committee to identify what needs to be changed, uh, involve the students and school community, support the canteen to make the changes and also embed it within the school policy to ensure that the changes are sustainable. Um, and I mean, this is fairly challenging and I think the thing we note specifically is that it is a really packed curriculum. And I'm sure you're more than aware, Daniel, of uh, the challenges involved there. And so uh, what we wanna do is try and make the support as easy as possible. So we have lots of information on the Healthy Advisory Service website. There's tools, resources and support. And we also have, um, or we also have online training as well as an online assessment tool, which is called Food Checker. And all of this is free of charge. So, um, yeah, what we'd really recommend is that you can actually, you know, get onto the website and sort of enter in at any point and get the support that you need. Yeah, that food checker, it's, that basically, um, it rates the foods as red, amber or green. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. And I think what's important to show a number of schools as well is some positive case studies because, 
again, as I said, the curriculum is so, you know, so crammed and as teachers you're expected to deliver so much. But I think it's important to know that, you know, change is possible and that we have worked with a number of schools and, look, specifically more primary schools have been able to engage more so than secondary schools. But, yeah, we're very keen to engage with as many secondary schools as we can. But, you know, for example, we worked with Morris Primary School, which was able to transform its canteen with a sort of environmental sustainability as, as a forefront. And I think it's kind of tackling whatever the key focus areas are for the school. So, you know, enabling us to do that is really important. And I think it's important for schools to actually see, well, yeah, it, it, yes, it, there is, you know, a lot of considerations. However, you know, you can look at the case studies on our website and actually see how this has been done and how it can potentially align with what the focus is for the school, you know, whether it be on climate change, environmental, I think they're a really good way to weave in the healthy messages because it does all align. Yeah, I love what you said before as well about teaching healthy eating within the curriculum and then you've got a canteen that's serving unhealthy foods. There's no, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't match up. And I think that whole school approach is definitely the way to go and hopefully leadership can you know support people trying to make a move and trying to make a change and make a positive impact on mm. their children because there's numerous studies that show you know the food that we are consuming has an effect on their behavior so that obviously will increase you know, mm. their learning capacities about school so it's it's a really important and crucial mm. topic so hopefully yeah, schools can jump on board and and get as healthy mm. as possible and I know a lot of schools do, like my children go to school where they've got fruit break and, um, you know, other things in other states as, you know, crunch and sip and, you know, but for my son particularly because he's got ADHD, um, you know, he needs to have a proper diet and fortunately he absolutely loves vegetables and fruit, so we're pretty lucky with that. But, um, you know, I, I do really appreciate the struggle that, you know, schools have and also parents have as well. So, it's, it's not easy and uh, we really appreciate that as well and I think that's one thing that's also great about Nutrition Australia is there is a lot of working parents who understand all of the challenges too. So what we're trying to do is look towards, you know, solutions that can help um, as opposed to, you know, add more challenges. So where we can tap into what a priority is for the school uh, and weave sort of healthy eating in from there is, you know, really significant for us. You're very big on prevention. Why do you believe prevention is key and how do you promote this message? Ah, that's a great question. (laughs) Uh, As I say, prevention is better than the cure. Um, And we say that because obviously, you know, if you end up where we're at at the moment, there's so much work that needs to be done to reduce overweight and obesity in Australia. Um, And there's a significant cost of obesity obesity on the healthcare system and the economy, which obviously flows down to all of us um, as um, taxpaying citizens. So, I mean, just to pull out a few stats here, we know that, you know, one in four children are overweight or obese and seven out of 10 Australian adults are. Um, And we know that each year the cost of obesity to the Australian economy is $8.6 billion. Um, And sick days you know, they, they top, you know, $1 billion a year in lost productivity. Um, so we know, you know, that prevention is so much better than the cure. So 
that's why we feel it is so important to have, you know, a healthy diet and obviously to be physically active and to, you know, and as a flow and effect, you're improving your mental health and general well-being. So for us, um, we feel that the best efforts are put in at prevention so that we can move the dial to reduce the impact um, on the, you know, the healthcare system for Australia. Yeah, some just scary stats that you mentioned there. One in four children are currently obese, or sorry, currently overweight. Seven in 10 adults overweight. $8.6 billion is the cost to the economy for being overweight and obese. And mm. you know, there's an upcoming stat that says by 2025, one in three children will be overweight or obese, which is just frightening, especially all the knowledge that we have and how mm. this is happening still. So I definitely agree with you when you said, you know, prevention is definitely better than the cure. Yeah. And look, you know, no one's to blame and it certainly isn't any blame from our perspective because as, you know, a working, you know, we in our family, you know, my husband and I both work full time. We have three children and we know how hard it is to try and provide the food. And it's not that anyone doesn't know. I think there's just so many competing factors that come into play and so we need to empower parents um, to, you know, not, not criticise but to support them and to provide tools um, to enable you know, them to be able to provide healthier foods and to be the role models um, to display that sort of healthy behaviour. Yep, so education, education, education. Mm-hmm. Excellent. So he's offered training programs for a range of organisations. Are you able to provide a summary of these and how they can assist yeah, for sure. So HEAS has, um, as we said, a lot of online training. Um, so we don't do any face-to-face work at the moment, as you'd know, um, with COVID, but we provide free online training modules for schools, childcare services, workplaces. We also provide support to uh, sport and rec, uh, to food industry and um yeah, so, and schools, so there's a lot of different opportunities. We, I mean, for example, the work that we do within, um, you know, long day care in schools is that we support them to use the online tool called Food Checker to check their menu, to complete our online training and provide and promote healthier foods uh, and also to assist with training up their staff. Uh, we work with workplaces. An example here is how we've worked with Ballarat Health Service that we've enabled them to change the drinks in 15 vending, vending machines. So now most of the drinks are healthier and each vending machine has five kilograms less of sugar. Um, so really not only the customers supportive of this, but also less soft drinks have been sold without an impact to sales. And I think that's probably one of the trickiest things with the work that we do is that a lot of organisations are hesitant because if they were using the school canteen to, um, yeah, as a fundraising opportunity in a way, or if their service was actually getting some kickbacks from using the vending machines, what we've been able to demonstrate is actually by making all these, you know, incremental changes, we've been able to have a positive health impact, but also be financially viable. And I think that's really key. And I know that, you know, a lot of organisations are sort of quite 
you know, concerned that, you know, well, we can't afford to make a loss if that's going to building the new gymnasium or something like that. So I think that's another thing that we're really proud of with the work that we've done with the Healthy Advisory Service is to be able to demonstrate that there is no financial loss and there ends up being a financial gain. Excellent. Where can people find information about Nutrition Australia and HEAS and follow your work? Yes, well, we have our main website, nutritionaustralia.org. Uh, the Healthy Advisory Service also has its website, which can be accessed through Nutrition Australia or alternatively, you can go to our website, www.health.health.vic.gov.au. Uh, um, and also all of our other programs from Try for Five to our Cook Well, Eat Well program, they can all be accessed through that main nutritionaustralia.org website. Perfect. And I'll put those uh, links in the show notes for pe people listening so they can click on them yeah, uh, to check those services out. Mm -hmm. And Lucy, just our final question. If you could only offer one piece of advice for our listeners to lead healthier lives, what would that one piece of advice be? Yes, I've really mulled over this one. Um, <laughs> and I've come back to my take-home message being um, probably born out of COVID, but is really to embrace cooking and to embrace cooking at home and to engage your family, even if it's something really simple from getting them to put the vegetables on the plate, which is what I do with my three-year-old. Uh, she feels that she's really contributed when she's sorted out the carrots and the cucumber and put it on the plate. Um, and I think that that's the real tip for me, being a real foodie family as well. So engage the family and, and cook as much as you can. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Well, Lucy, thank you so much for your insights tonight and for providing the information and well done on the work that Nutrition Australia are doing. So thank you so much for your time tonight. Wonderful. Thanks very much, Daniel. Thanks for having me. Thank you.